0: Hey guys, it's Amanda and Baron, and we're back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. And before we jump back into where we left off, I want to give a huge shout out to our second set of sponsors for this segment. Um, And that is Five Marketing. He is your go to for all of your website needs. And keep it, Sarah, simple. uh, KISS, also for short. And she is your go to for all of your diet needs. And we talk a lot about that on this show. So if you have any questions or want to Better yourself, or just aren't sure which direction to go. Definitely reach out to Sarah; she's your go-to. All right, so
1: so I kind of hit you with a you shocker, didn't I? Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so for those that weren't there a little bit ago before we went to the break, what we were talking about was this inflationary graph, right. and this is in the September. 2022 issue of aarp so this is a really recent just article, last month right and this whole magazine is for the you know aarp so it says i am for an older crowd that's reading it right and there's another part of this i'll get into here in a minute but this particular graph shows the increase the increase of products all products based upon inflation and then the second part of it that is the inflation and medical cost I'm sorry, with the price of prescription drugs. Okay. Okay. And, and if we go back to 2005, if it cost $100 in 2005, by 2020, it was costing $131.51 for all other items. Right. That's inflation. Mm-hmm. That's a 132% increase in pricing. The problem is is that drug prices had grown to $303.25.
0: So they blew inflation out of the water. Right.
1: So they grew at 303%. Nuts. Which is 2.5% faster than the other items.
0: That's crazy. That's a lot.
1: It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of growth. And and, and so much of it is just figured into insurance bills. You don't even see it. You don't even realize it's going on. But we had also alluded a little earlier as to what the average monthly cost was for cancer drugs in 1970s was $134 a month. Mm-hmm. Which is still a lot. Which is still a lot. But do you remember how much it was now?
0: <laughs> Over $14,000.
1: $14,000 a month.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy because you just made a good point about the insurance. We don't see a lot, of a, a lot of people don't see the cost of prescription drugs and whatnot um, because insurance covers some of it. But not everybody is fully covered. Not everybody has coverage at all, and so those are the people that are super affected by it. And it, it's just it's a shame because it's so it's taken advantage of
1: well, highly. And, and the other component in this article is the insurance for older people is called Medicare, mm-hmm. and who pays for Medicare? The federal government, right? So we're paying for Medicare. Yeah. So if drug companies are abusing pricing and then charging Medicare, Well, then it was time for the government to get involved. Okay. And President Trump tried, Mm -hmm. it didn't go anywhere, and something has happened now that we'll get into here in a minute to try to control that pricing when it comes to how they're billing (laughs) Medicare. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to put in perspective for you that inflationary rate on other products. Right. So the first one shocked you. Yes,
0: milk, can we recap that?
1: (laughs) So a gallon of milk in 2005 was $3.19. Mm-hmm. That's the national average. Okay. If milk had grown at the same inflationary rate as medication, it would cost $12.87 now for a gallon of milk. That's... It. I, I mean, I'm choking on that number.
0: <laughs> that's so expensive. It's, that's not realistic. Mm. So the fact that they're getting away with this...
1: Well, and and if if milk had grown at that rate, we would have been screaming, right? at the top of our lungs. But we didn't scream because we didn't realize how medication was going up. Because it
0: goes behind the scenes where insurance takes care of it type of thing. But really, we're the ones taking care of it at the end of the day. So this this one,
1: you probably would have screamed at this one too. (laughs) Um, In 2005, a pound of tomatoes was $2.16. Okay. At the same inflationary rate... Tomatoes would have cost $8.70 a pound.
0: Oh, my Lord.
1: And we would have gone to Fred Myers and said, I'm not going to pay this for I, tomatoes. I'm
0: not. I won't. I refuse.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the one that, that really got me. A movie ticket in 2006 was $6.04, which is a weird average, but yeah. it's a national <laughs> You're average. You're
0: like, hey, I'm not the one that made <laughs> <Right> this.
1: <laughs> but if movie tickets had grown at that same rate, Twenty four dollars and thirty one cents for each movie ticket. So don't buy popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy, you know, a drink or or some junior mints. Mm-hmm. Just you and your husband getting in the movie ticket would be fifty bucks. Wow. For two tickets. Yeah. If they grow at that same rate.
0: Jeez. Do you have any more? These are kind of fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, bananas were 49, 49 cents. Okay. And they would now be a dollar ninety seven. See, that's outrageous. A pound. That's for crazy. Um, the other one, gas was $2.32.
0: I miss those days.
1: I know, right? <laughs> and and this is actually the one that's actually almost come true. Oh, I believe it. Um, if gas had grown at that same rate, it would be $9.32 a gallon.
0: We are getting pretty stinking close to well, there's that. There's
1: a few states that hit 7 bucks a gallon yeah. for gas. But this was... Based upon a curve.
0: Right, right.
1: It it wasn't based upon whatever happened to gas pricing.
0: Right, right. right.
1: But still, $24 for a movie ticket.
0: That's outrageous. The milk is what gets me. I
1: know, $12.87 a gallon of milk. I'm
0: still bitter that my milk's almost $4 (laughs) a gallon
1: right now. (laughs) So that was, you know, when I I go digging for some of this stuff, it even shocks me sometimes to see How can it not? Well, that was shocking enough to AARP that they actually went to bat for us in Congress. Okay. So there's a lot of groups out there that are lobbyists. Um, the NRA are lobbyists, right? Mm-hmm. AARP is are lobbyists to get Congress to do things that will help older people. Right. And through their lobbying efforts, they have helped get past a law in August of last year, and it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. And that act uh, focuses on critical health care issues, trying to get some of this price in control. Right. So I want to touch a little bit on some of the things that are inside of that act. Okay. Okay. So inside of that act, there's a lot of things. But one of them, it said they're going to put a cap uh, starting next year of $2,000 payout through Medicare.
0: Okay. What does
1: that mean? So if you think about your, whatever insurance you have, mm-hmm. and if you look at your insurance policy, if you have to go to the hospital for some major stuff, you're only going to pay to a certain level. Oh, okay. And that's the cap. Got it. So if it costs $17,000, they're going to max you out at 2000
0: Okay. Right? So that's all I'll pay up front for yeah. the year.
1: Yeah. And so what it says exactly from the article is that total annual out of pocket spending on pharmaceutical drugs under Medicare will be capped at $2,000. Okay. So that's a that's a big plus. Right. I mean, that's still a lot of money for a senior to pay $2,000. Right. But to actually cap it was a big deal.
0: But you have to be on Medicare for that cap?
1: Yeah, this is actually it's Medic it's a Medicare Part D or Advantage. Okay. And one of the partners we have in the town, and you can go to our website against kicking-cancer.org. There's a tab that says Partners, and on there, um, we have a partner with Brooks. Um, Her name is Destiny Schuster, and she actually is an independent Medicare consultant. And so, if you are of age to start looking at that, she can help you make sure you get the right kind of Medicare coverage. Okay. And if you go to our website, there's a link to her website. Okay, great. Because you need advice on what packages, what plans to get through Medicare.
0: (laughs) Insurance is a crazy world to even try to navigate.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. And she's an expert at Medicare specifically. Perfect. Um, So the other one in there was that, uh, I'll read it here, premiums for Medicare Part D drug insurance plans will not increase more than 6% a year. Okay. So they're foreseen. These drug companies to control how much these increases occur. Okay. At six percent, a little later on, it actually says that if the price of Part D drugs raise more than six percent, they're going to penalize the drug companies. Okay. And the penalty money will then go back to Medicare.
0: Oh, all right.
1: So again, I think they're good efforts right. to try to control some of this pricing, especially when it comes to Medicare. Right. Um, the other thing that I think is really a good thing they did was the Health and Human Services Secretary is now authorized to begin negotiating the prices of the 10 highest priced prescription drugs starting next year. Okay. Several episodes back, we talked about the fact that we're one of the few nations where the government doesn't negotiate drug prices. Right. That's been changed.
0: Okay, that's good. So That's the really 10 dead. highest
1: priced drugs, the...
0: Do you know what the highest one is? Are they cancer drugs?
1: Um, you're going to give me homework again, aren't you? I am.
0: <laughs> I'm good at that.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the top 10 drugs are. <clears throat> this does mention that, that the top the top five drugs that are, are price increases, mm-hmm. um, three of those five are blood thinner drugs. Oh, okay. And the other two are diabetes drugs. Right. Okay. So, But I could find out what the 10 highest price drugs are. Right and bring that information back. But what what this allows the health and human services secretary to do is then to step in and as the government negotiate with these guys and say we got to get these prices down. Mm-hmm. We get no shit price down, so all good steps.
0: All good steps.
1: Did I shock you? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe how high that jumped. Yeah. The inflation on on Pharmaceutical drugs that yeah. we need I to think survive. You we're
1: shocked at twelve dollars and eighty-seven cents for a gallon of milk.
0: I was, I was. I'm shocked at four dollars a
1: gallon. <laughs> <laughs> So my shocking fact today was really about some of the inflationary stuff that's going on, and really how our government is trying to help control some of that. Right. Um, and anyone can go get this. I just this is an AARP magazine. I'm old enough now that I get these at my house.
0: Okay, the <laughs> subscription.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but again, just go to the AARP magazine and look this up. Um, so they are trying to help us right. to some degree.
0: Okay. Well, that's helpful.
1: Yeah. So you ready for a new story?
0: All right. You say that so sadly.
1: This is a good story. Okay. jeez. Are you ready for a new story? There you I'll, go. I'll rephrase you, that. You
0: kind of looked at me, you ready for a new story? <laughs> well, like I, like don't I don't shouldn't uh, be ready. I'm not going to be ready.
1: Well, there's a few of them that I asked you that <laughs> because you don't like the outcome at the end of the story. No, this is actually a really great story. Oh, good. <clears throat> so two weeks ago... Uh, When we were talking to Robin, Mm -hmm. and we were doing our little live thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, what did you think of Robin?
0: I loved Robin. She's so sweet and so kind, and I love that she saw a need for children that you know what she was going through and what it went through for her family and her kids and how she turned around and she was like you know she made a difference yeah a huge difference and she's being active in it and that was what the pathways um and they are looking for volunteers and people to get interactive with that so that's so, on your guys's website right yeah
1: in fact if if you're listening and you would like to donate some of your time Go to our website, kicking cancel.org, Immediately, you're going to see a tab that says Get Involved. Mm -hmm. And as you scroll down the homepage, there's lots of spots to click on that. But then you can just say, I'd like to get involved. I'd like to volunteer. I've already gotten two emails of people who would like to volunteer for Pathways.
0: Oh, really? You can also
1: click the one that says um, What We Do. And there's a spot for Pathways under support. So you can actually read about Pathways. There's a volunteer form on there. Okay. But... We're just excited that we've we've progressed far enough out of COVID that we can begin putting some of our plans in place to go help these kids.
0: Yeah, um, like like we were talking about during the last two uh, episodes that the kids they the kids that don't have cancer they're affected. Yeah, they're so affected. Whether it's a sibling that's going through it, a parent that's going through it, and so I think pathways that really kind of shines a little bit of a light on them.
1: Well, and I remember you talking huge. about the fact that when you went back to Philadelphia with your son. You're looking at the other families that are there, yeah. and the kids that are getting lost in the shuffle.
0: Yeah, I mean they were just following in line behind mom, whose you know main focus is her sick child. That they're across the country at you know yep. so it it matters it helps we just don't tremendously don't want those
1: kids to get lost in the shuffle yeah. yeah and
0: so i think that's amazing so i'm really excited that you've already gotten some emails for volunteers so start to work uh, keep keep them coming because there's not a shortage of kids that need help in this department
1: no well robin made a comment that will play in the next story so robin said you depend on your medical team because remember, she talked about her breast cancer story. Right. When she got her diagnosis, she says you're depending on your medical team and you follow their protocols. Right. So you kind of trust that they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, they see it all the time. And you follow
1: their protocols. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, one of the statements that Brenda's often made is you in most cases, you have time to do a little research. Right. So not that you're team is going to lie to you, but they have protocols that they typically follow and maybe a different path is the right path for you.
0: Right. Not everybody's the same. We're all unique. We're all different. And so something that might work great for somebody might not be the best option for you.
1: Right. So this next story is about a gal that followed protocols and the timeline seems to progress pretty quickly with a really good end result. Okay. So as I as I had the idea of getting involved with the Volcanoes and Cancer Awareness Weekend, I had been going to the Salem Chamber, and I met the, the guy at the time. He was the president of the club. His name was Mitch Graff. And he said, if you want to get involved, you got to contact Lisa Walker. Lisa and Jerry own the team, <clears throat> and her job was the Cancer Awareness Weekend. Okay. So I sat down with her, and you know, she said, yeah, come on out. Gave me a little table to start talking about what we were doing with getting cancer. We were like six months old at the time. But she, but she said, if you know any survivors that would like to throw out the first pitch, which is how we got Rhonda there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we got Terry. Nolan there, got Terry there, right? Yeah. But she said, if you know anyone that sings, you want like to sing the national anthem, well, that's a smaller crowd. Right. You can find a survivor that is comfortable going out and throwing a pitch out. You're not going to find many survivors that are one, can sing, and then feel comfortable singing in front of a crowd. <laughs> but... If one of the people that we had been working with here locally, they said, I have a really good friend that just finished going through breast cancer. She has an amazing singing voice. So the first day I met this girl was at the baseball game. Okay. Okay. Her name is Christy Sinclair, and she lives down in Corvallis. All right. And uh, she actually sent in her story. It's in one of our newsletters. And I wanted to kind of give you the timeline of her cancer journey because yeah. it went pretty quick. So her journey started in 2019. Oh, so recently? Yeah. And, and what's interesting is that towards the end of her timeline, it's just a few before throughout out the pitch. Okay. Okay. So in February 6th, 2019, she went in for her mammogram. And, and I would take advantage of the time that it, we are in October. And I am wearing my pink today.
0: Yes, you are. It's really bright Real men wear pink. (laughs) Shame on me for not wearing pink today. uh, It's okay.
1: (laughs) But this is a real, you know, if you set a a timer to change your smoke alarm, you know, every six months and just put it on your calendar. If women just said, you know, it's October, I'm going to go do a mammogram. Right. Make it an annual thing to do it in October. Then that would be a good procedure to put in place. Right. Absolutely. So for, for Christy, she did it on February 6th. On the 19th, they called and said, mm, We want to do a much more test.
0: That's always so, got to be a really scary right? call.
1: So I, like, yeah. If I call you a man and I say, This is like two weeks later. Right. Um, come back for some more tests. Your first thought is, What's wrong? Something serious. Something serious. hmm. So on the 22nd, they did a biopsy.
0: Oh, very quickly.
1: Yeah, so they did see something during the mammogram. They did some more tests. They just they saw something they wanted to do a biopsy on, and the twenty fifth she got a call that she had a seven millimeter tumor. Okay, which is decent size. Pretty big, yeah. Decent size. Um, and it was called IDC, which is invasive ductal carcinoma. Okay. So I'm you're getting better with these words. You, I'm telling you, you're
0: doing great.
1: <laughs> so invasive. So again, uh, Rob turns on this ductal is the the, the ductal region, right? right? Where the milk is created. Mm-hmm. So it's invasive. It has got inside of that ductal region, right? And carcinoma just means ca- cancer. Oh, okay. So she had invasive ductal carcinoma. Okay. She had cancer inside the ductal region. Right. Okay. Is that a common area? That's a that's a common diagnosis. Okay. Brenda had. IDC. Okay. Lots of the women I've talked to get IDC. Okay. Just because if you think about, you know, we've talked about the fact that breast cancer is not a—it's not a gender; it's a region. Right. Absolutely. Right? And so men have breasts; they don't—they don't have a ductal region. Okay. So IDC. So it's a
0: more of a women's one. So
1: IDC is more of a women's thing because they have a ductal region.
0: Right. Okay. Makes okay? sense. Thank you for breaking that down.
1: That was the best I could with my non-medical knowledge. (laughs) Hey, we're doing the best
0: we can here, guys. Bear with us.
1: Um, And the disclaimer is Barron does not have a medical degree. No? You could have fooled me. (laughs) But on the 11th of March, they scheduled her surgery. Okay. So that's just over a month from the mammogram. Yeah. On the 13th, they had done the lymph nodes. And, and, again, we talked about the fact that if it gets in the lymph nodes, it moves in the system. Right. Um, in Brenda's case, it had jumped into the lymph nodes, and they did find it in her lymph nodes. Okay. So now they knew that Brenda's had gone metastatic. Right. In Christy's case, the lymph nodes were clear. Oh. Which means that she does not have metastatic breast cancer. Okay. That was good news.
0: Yeah, that's great news. That's good
1: news. That now, means that the can cancer's you, been isolated to the breast region.
0: Right. Can you explain metastatic to me again.
1: So metastatic, any cancer can be metastatic. You could have prostate cancer, and metastatic means it leaves its point of origin.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Right? It goes somewhere else. Right? Okay.
1: So if we think back to James Burns' story. So he had testicular cancer, mm-hmm. but it left the testicular region and started moving his back. Remember? Yep. And it got way through his brain. It was behind his lungs. So he had metastatic testicular cancer. Okay. The most common one is metastatic breast cancer because of where the breast tissue is located, there's lymph nodes on the inside of your arm. Right. So, it's easy to jump from one region to the other.
0: It'll go right there. Yeah. That'll be the first place And it goes. it's also
1: the one that's most talked about. There's lots of medication for metastatic breast cancer. Okay. But any cancer can go metastatic.
0: Right. Okay. Thank
1: you. So, you're welcome. <laughs> i feeling a little bit like a doctor teacher here right right well
0: these words it's just nice to have a reminder of them sometimes because they are big they are big and if you're
1: not used to it again you know when i first started doing this four and a half years ago many of these words i couldn't even pronounce right yeah Um, you know Brenda was telling me that broccoli has a chemical called sulforaphane i had to work to actually say sulforaphane
0: yeah i believe you sulforaphane sulforaphane
1: (laughs) so on the 13th the lymph nodes are clear may the 9th she began 20 sessions of radiation wow now, if you remember with Robin, she didn't have to do chemotherapy, right? but she did have to do radiation. Yes. Um, and she had, she had radiation fog, kind of yeah. brain fog, mm-hmm. right? Um, th- the radiation is typically there to try to stop the cancer from moving. Um, the best I can understand is it's kind of a burning process. Uh, so if you think about big fields that catch on fire, a lot of times they'll go ahead of the fire and they'll burn the field to stop the fire from keep moving. Yep. Similar concept with the cancer.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So the radiation is there to kind of create a barrier, so it doesn't keep moving. Okay. So, but she had 20 sessions. That is a lot. It's a lot of radiation. Um, but on June the ninth, or June the sixth, they were done with the radiation. Okay. And on June the 29th, she sang the national anthem at Cancer Awareness Weekend.
0: Wee. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that did go quickly, her quickly. story. That so wow. So from February
1: February sixth was the mammogram. hmm June the sixth, she was done. Wow. So that's March, April, May, June, four months. Okay. Start to finish four months.
0: Good. That's I'm glad it was, and she was cancer-free at that point.
1: Cancer-free at that point. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is a great success story. I
1: told you I'd bring you one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I never know, you know. <laughs>
1: you never know.
0: Uh, no, it's nice to see when they end like that. That it's not a because some of the cancer stories are very long and drawn out. Oh yeah. Uh, over a year or more. Well, I've most ever, of them.
1: James Burns's was 13 years. Yeah. I mean that's a long time. Sometimes, to
0: yeah, they just don't give up and quit, and so it's like wow. To see one that the cancer just let go, and she won.
1: And again, I met her her twice, once at the game, and then when she agreed to write her story, I actually met her at her house and gave her some copies of the newsletter. Right. But I only met this gal a couple times, and you would never know. I mean, she looks great. She would never know that she'd gone through what she'd gone through, but she went through it so rapidly. And she does say at the end of her article, um, she says on September 5th, I had my post-operation radiation mammogram, and I got a clean bill of health.
0: That's got to be so exciting.
1: The radiologist said, everything looks great.
0: That had to have been like a moment of just like crying tears of joy. Yeah. When you... Because a lot of cancer patients, it's it's a very long road.
1: A yeah, very long road. And I, so,
0: to give it your all and have it be over within less than a year, that's huge.
1: Yeah, I love what she says at the end of her article. She says, "I'm so thankful to, for my team of medical professionals who wasted zero time getting this taken care of." I'm excited to hear the. I'm excited to hear the words. She hasn't heard them yet. To hear the words, you made it five years. You're a survivor.
0: Mm-hmm. Until
1: then, I'm going to take every opportunity to encourage women of all ages to get regular mammogram screenings. It's so important. Without my screening this year, well, I don't want to think about it.
0: Yeah. Truly what? I don't know if I've ever gotten one.
1: Well, there's your there's your homework. <laughs> yes. So she went in and, and she you know she's not very old. She's I mean, I don't know exactly how old she is, but she's probably in her mid to late 30s, mm-hmm. and she just went in for her annual mammogram. Right. And she said, and again, annual. That means yearly. Yearly. So she went in in February, but if she waited until the next February, Mm -hmm. all of this wouldn't have happened. Right. Given that cancer one more year to grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we are at the end. So I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors, Five Marketing and Keep It Sarah Simple. You guys are absolutely amazing. And we will be back next Saturday as as the the movement movement continues. continues.